Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I remember last Mother's Day, I met a guy, yeah, first time here? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm here. My, my wife asked me to come to church with her as a Mother's Day gift. I said, well, that's mighty kind of you. <laughs> People come to church for all different kind of reasons. Some youth come to church because their parents made them come to church. And don't get me wrong, I've got no problem with that. For those of y'all that know me, you know I'm old school. Okay, if you live in my house, I'm not going to give you the address. But if you live in my house, one time I did that from the pulpit, my secretary told me, she went, uh, don't do that. I had to edit that part out. If you live in my house, pray for me. If you live in my house, you go on to church. Ask any of my kids, they'll tell you. You go to my house, I don't leave my house with nobody in the bed. Is that right? Not unless there's the rare occasion that I'm leaving. Well, I'm a pastor, so it's a whole different, no, different deal now. But I'm leaving early. But you come to church. You live in my house. You are going to church. That's just the way we do it in the Finch house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going, you're going to church. I'm waiting while you clap your hands. You're going to church. People go to church for many reasons. Jesus, listen isn't asking you to go to church. Jesus is pleading, and might I, in the Greek language, abide in me. There is a plea. There is a heart's cry. There is a begging that's associated with these words. He's begging them, pleading with them, abide in me. Begging them, you abide in me, abide in the vine, stay connected with me. Point number three, we got to move on. Abiding in Christ means total obedience to Christ. Saints, look at chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my, what saints? Commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. Look at chapter 14. Go back to chapter 14 in verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, my word and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Look at verse 23 of chapter 14. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Every true disciple who is connected to the vine, you will see two things. Listen, look at me. Every single disciple who is connected to the vine, you will see two things from their life, love and obedience. 
love and obedience. You know, I heard people say, oh, the Christian life is hard. It's hard being a Christian. It's difficult to be a Christian. Listen, I will tell you something. It's not difficult to be a Christian. Conversely, it's very easy. Easy? Yeah, it's easy. Now, I'm not talking about the daily trials and the struggles of life. It rains on the just as well as the unjust. Huh? Sickness is going to come in your house just like it comes to the Christian's house. Uh, financial troubles are going to come in your house just like it comes to the Christian's house. Problems are going to come in your house just like it comes to the Christian's house. Wayward children are going to come to your house just like it comes to the Christian's house. Those kind of things will happen. But spiritually being a Christian and abiding in Christ is the easiest thing one can do. Being a non-believer, the Bible says, is hard. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15 tells us the way of the transgressor is hard. So the Bible tells us, conversely, to walk in sin is difficult. Huh? To walk in sin is difficult. To walk with God is very easy. The Bible tells us, abide in him. Simply hang out, love and obey, and you will bear much fruit. If you just love God and you'll find yourself obeying God because obedience naturally springs out of love. There is a way to know, listen, if a person is a believer or a make-believer. If the person's a believer, they'll keep his commandments. If a person's a make-believer, he won't keep his commandments. It's that simple. We complicate it, don't we? When a person becomes a Christian, there's a change in their life. Can more than two people say amen? amen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things, old things pass away and behold, all things become new. When you become a Christian, I do not believe. Hear me, I go on record. I do not believe that it is possible for you to become a Christian and there be no change in your life. I don't believe it. It's not possible. Impossible. Impossible. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Impossible. It is. It is. Because when the Holy Spirit comes to live with inside of you, and you're a born-again Christian, there's not only a change on the inside, because now you're filled with the life of God in Christ Jesus, but you're also going to show forth, because there is a change on the inside, y'all pray for me, because there's a change on the inside, that change is going to manifest itself on the outside. And there's going to be a change. And even so much a change where you don't even look the same. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you were black and now you look white. I'm not saying that. Okay, write that down. Don't, don't say I said that now. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you're going to look different. Somebody once said, you, 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 you're, not, you, you're not going to walk the same way anymore. You're not going to talk the same way anymore. You're not going to speak the same way anymore and go the same places that you used to go anymore and hang out with the same people you used to hang out with. That's not going to happen. There's going to be a change, a real change, a change in your relationship with sin. A true Christian no longer loves sin as he once did. A true Christian no longer brags about their sin as he once did. A true Christian no longer plans to sin as he once did. If you're truly abiding in the vine, there's going to be a real change in your life. Where you used to be grumpy and now you're grateful. 
You used to be cheap and now you're still cheap. I mean, I'm sorry. You used to be cheap. Now you're less cheap. I mean, no, wait. You used to be cheap. And now you're not cheap. You used to beat people up. And now you're picking people up. You used to steal and now you give. You used to lie and now you tell the truth most of the time. True Christianity. <laughs> slide that in there. True Christianity will not allow hate and bigotry to sit on the shelf. It will push it off because the resident Holy Spirit has been imparted into your life and, 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 and there's a change in your life. Obedience to God's word is proof that you're a Christian. There are three motives for obedience. Got a pen? You can obey because you have to. You can obey because you need to. You can obey because you want to. You can obey because you have to. A slave obeys because he has to. If he doesn't, he'll be punished. You can obey because you need to. An employee obeys because he needs to. He might not enjoy the work, but he enjoys the cheddar. Uh, sorry, that's money. <laughs> money. The green stuff, dead presidents. Money. To pay the bills. Put cereal on the table. I'm just joking, y'all. You can obey because you want to. Christians, we get to. We get to. We get to. Christians obey because we want to. Because we love the Lord. We're in relationship with God. That relationship is motivated by love. We get to worship God. We get to come to church. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to worship the Lord. You don't have to read your Bible. It is a blessing for you to come to church. It's a blessing for you to read your Bible. It's a blessing for you to worship the Lord. Don't get it twisted. God is not sitting in heaven going, you know what? Man, I wish that guy would hurry up and start worshiping me. My day's not going to be the same if he doesn't worship. Well, if he doesn't come to church, man, what am I going to do? I'm going to fall off the throne. That's not God. God's not waiting on you. You get to worship God. And that's why I don't understand it. When, 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 not so much here because, you know what, for many years we've been talking about worship and, and, and cultivating in this church an atmosphere of worship, another sermon, but not so much here. But sometimes you go to places and people are not worshiping God and there's the music and there's going and people are singing and, and people are just standing there looking like they're checked out. How can that be? We, we get to worship God. We get to love God. It's your blessing to worship God. You're not doing God a favor. You are not doing him some great favor by showing up. You're not doing him a great favor by writing a check. And when last time you heard a preacher say that? You're not. God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. If God gets your heart, he'll get your money. God wants your heart. So we get to. You obey because you want to. Some obey because they have to. They need to. And because they want to. Finally, abiding in Christ involves con 
continuing with Christ. John chapter 8, turn there with me. John chapter 8, I'm coming in for a landing. John chapter 8, our last and final point. John chapter 8, look at verse 31. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Many, many people, listen, never receive the abundance of blessing and the fruitfulness. Y'all come on back. Give me your attention. They never receive the abundance of blessing and fruitfulness that God wants to give them because they lack staying power. Abide means to stay in place. If you don't have it written down, write it down. It means to stay in place. It means to remain. It means to dwell down. Abide. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint or if we do not lose heart. If a person's relationship is genuine, he will remain, he will stay, he will abide. First John 2, 24 through 25. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. And conversely, if they don't remain, that's proof you were never connected to the vine. You were never abiding as a Christian. Again, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. The question is, were you connected in the first place? Because if you were connected in the first place, you'll, you'll not disconnect. That vine will continue to surge power in you so that you can remain and not grow weary in well-doing. So the question is, whether you were actually ever connected. Were you ever really a real Christian? First John 2, 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Remember last week we talked about two types of branches. There are branches that bear fruit and branches that don't bear fruit. The branches that bear fruit are obviously Christians. The branches that do not bear fruit, we called them last week, do you remember? Judas branches. Judas branches were with them, but they were not one of them. The true Christian remains in Jesus Christ. He never leaves. He abides. A true Christian bears fruit. A true Christian stays in his love. A true Christian obeys his commandment. A true Christian abides and fruit and bears fruit. And in our text, I hear Jesus is calling those branches that are superficial and saying, be real and be genuine. I think of Matthew 13. You know the story? The parable of the wheat and the tare? It goes something like this. Listen, there was a servant who came to the owner of a field and said, hey, you got good crops. Why are there tares among them? And the owner said, the enemy has done this. And the servant said, do you want us to gather them and separate them? And Matthew 13, 30 says, let them both grow together, the wheat and the tare. Are y'all with me? And at that time of the harvest, he will bind and burn the tares and gather the wheat into the barns. In other words, Jesus said, let them grow together and I'll do the separating in the last days. Listen, it's no secret that Satan plants the false in the midst of the real. No secret. And people 
go to church and they tithe and they carry a well-worn Bible, but they're tears. And we don't know who the tears are. And we don't know who the tears are not. Are you listening? And we're not called to know who the tears are and who the tears are not. And we aren't called to tear out the tears. Huh? The reason we aren't to tear out the tears is because if we tear out the tears, inevitably we'll pull out the wrong people. It's Jesus' job to tear out the tears. And for sure, he'll pull out the right people. Our job is to love them. God's job is to judge them. Isn't that freeing? Our job is to love them. God's job is to judge them. I'll wait while you clap. And don't get me wrong, we're not talking about people who are tearing up the church. We're not talking about wolves that are in the church. The Bible tells us to deal with them. But we're talking about the church in general. We are to love them. God is to judge them. Revelation chapter 14 tells us that the end, the angel comes, there will be a great separation. In the meantime, we're just to abide, stay connected, and grow in him. The person who abides finds strength and encouragement and hope. And they aren't depressed. And they aren't, listen, the person who is abiding in Christ, they're not discouraged, defeated, or depressed. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it can never happen. I'm saying that it isn't the pattern of their life. When you abide in the word, you find the truth of God's word comforts you. The truth of God's word heals you and causes you to live and be energized and blessed. All of this comes by the word of God. The person who is abiding, he's not defeated, discouraged, or depressed because he's abiding in the vine. If something very spiritual, comforting, about just sitting down and reading the word. Am I, can I get a witness? Just, just, sit, just sit there. Just sit there. Just, just read the word. It's very comforting. It's very comforting when you go to church and you hear an encouraging sermon. It's comforting. You come to church and you hear a sermon and, and you go, you're going through something. And you get to church, and you know, I always tell you, when you're going through something, get to church. It's interesting. People start going through something, they stop coming to church. I see them again six months later. Where you been? Oh, man, I've been going through something. Well, where you been? Because when you're going through something, y'all listen, I'm trying to help you. When you're going through something, come to church. Somebody once said church is the best place to be, but the hardest place to get. That's true. So get to church. So the preacher is preaching something that has absolutely nothing to do with what you're going through. It is so interesting. I've seen it happen a thousand times. I'm preaching something that has nothing to do with what this person came to me and talked to me about that God showed them during the time that I was preaching. Pastor Ronnie, oh, your sermon was awesome today. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, man. It was just, oh, you, when you said this, and then you said that, and then you said this, and then you said that, and oh, it just encouraged my heart, and oh, it just lifted my spirit, and then I feel better, and God has done a great work. And I'm going, yeah, that's great. Yeah, oh, praise the Lord. That's all wonderful. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, I did not say that. <laughs> I know what I said is right here on my iPad. I know what I said. I know what I didn't say. 
<laughs> Y'all know, turned up. And, and, uh, I know what I said. And I know what I didn't say. But here's how it happens. The seed of the word of God. The pastor takes the seed of the word of God and he just kind of cast, takes the seed of the word of God and just kind of cast the seed. When you teach, when you're preaching, that's all you're doing. Preachers, there's a freebie for you. That's what you do. You're just casting the seed. Okay? See, the word of God goes out and lands on each individual's heart. There is no possible way that I could speak to every single one of you right where you are spiritually or what you need. There's no possible way in one sermon that any one message can do that. But God takes that seed of the word of God, plants it in your heart, waters it by the spirit, brings forth fruit. And then you, and then you go, man, that blessed me so much. It spoke right to my situation. Well, if it spoke to your situation, I didn't say it, but praise the Lord. I'm glad I could be of help. God does all that. It happens all by abiding in the word. And if you're going through something or you're defeated or feeling depressed, abide in the word. Get in the word. Try Try. I know what I'm talking about. Try. You have to try. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You let. Let not your heart be troubled. You let. You have to do that. Try. And God will help you. And God will bring you out of that valley. He'll bring you out the valley, put you up on the mountain, and really use your life. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Finally, very easy, point number two, what abiding in Christ brings. What does it mean to your life? Very simple. It brings security. Stay with me. It brings security. Psalm 91.1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Number two, it brings cleansing. John 15, 3, you are already clean through the word. Number three, it brings confidence. First John 2, 28, and now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Number four, it brings usefulness and fruitfulness. John 15, 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in a vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And finally, number five, it brings victory. First John 3, 6, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. What does it mean to you? It means you have victory. It means there's cleansing. It means Confidence abiding does. Confidence to know that when he appears, you won't be ashamed. Think about the place you might go if you didn't know the Lord or weren't abiding. But now that you are abiding, you don't go there anymore. So then when he appears and you're not there, you're like, whew, good thing I didn't go there. You won't be ashamed. And fruitfulness, usefulness, God will use you. 
and victory. Victory over the enemy, victory over the flesh, victory over the three great enemies of the Christian faith, the world, the flesh, and the devil. All of this because we abide in Christ, abide in him. It's easy. Just hang out, pretty much. I gave you the example last week. What does a lemon do to become a lemon? Nothing. A lemon becomes a lemon by just hanging out, and all of a sudden, boop. (laughs) It's a lemon. That's all it has to do. And that's all we have to do to stay in Christ and to stay secure. And I don't know about you, but that really takes the load off. Because I can't do it. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.